0: Now, welcome to another edition of the Inside BS Show. Doctors, physicians, practice owners, this show is for you. Today, we're going to talk about what you should be doing to grow your practice. That's right. You never thought about this when you were in medical school, but now more than ever, it's important for you to know how to connect with prospective patients and how to bring prospective patients into your practice. And I have got the exact person for us to have this conversation with. His name is Carl White. He's going to enlighten all of us, particularly doctors and practice owners, about what you need to do to grow your medical practice please join me in welcoming carl to the inside bs show thanks for being here carl i can't wait to talk about medical practices thanks for having me thanks for joining us
1: me too yeah thank you all right
0: so i gotta find out first and foremost because i i work with lawyers and accountants and i thought i was a glutton for punishment why did you pick physicians why did you pick doctors what was the genesis of this
1: So for me, uh, marketing and healthcare, healthcare commercial, it's in my blood, but for a couple of jobs, it's been everything that I've done. Um, Growing up, my parents owned a family pharmacy. It later morphed into a home medical equipment supply store, but I worked in that store. Even before I did, I can still picture my dad walking in and around, you know, 9.15 every night, just dead dog tired. I'm in the living room watching TV and he comes in and it's like three stairs you know, going up from uh, from the garage, and you can barely climb them. And it just I don't know, it just kind of seeped in over time. Um, Then fast forward, I mean, I get my MBA and and I go to places like Baxter, which is a big company up here in Chicagoland, uh, a couple of others, always marketing, always healthcare. And when I was looking around, I came from sales. So I did sales for 10 years and I wanted to stay in that world, but I didn't want to be a sales rep for the rest of my life. That was just me. Um, so marketing's really close. And I thought, you know, for as hard as we're going to work, I like that some patient on the other end of it's a little better off. So when I was working at Baxter and these other companies, I really believed in the products and how we were trying to market them. And I just wanted to win. You know, I wanted my product to be chosen uh, appropriately, authentically, clinically appropriately. And over time, it seeps in. And so then I I left corporate America. It just kind of ran its course for me. I don't know if you've had other guests here who used to work in like large corporate environments. I call myself a corporate refugee. That's what we call ourselves. And I wanted to keep what I could from the prior career, but just, you know, help the independent practice. That's our focus. Companies called Mark Advisory Group. That's us. We want to help the independent guys stay that way because to us, that's when the best care happens. Just you and them, nobody else.
0: Okay. So. This raises a lot of interesting questions, and it also kind of gives me a glimpse into what I think the future of healthcare is. But let's start with the questions, Carl. So I'm a physician, and you're, you and I meet at a cocktail party, and we're talking, and I'm intrigued by what you do, but I say, hey, Carl, I'm, I'm in all the insurance books. I belong to all the insurance programs. Why Why do I need to... To talk to patients or to market or to do any of that stuff.
1: Because 80% of people hunting around for a new doctor, give or take around 80%, go online either as step number one or close to step number one, and they're going to check you out. And you want to be, you want to look professional, you want to look authentic, very choosable, very quickly. For the same reason that you care about other parts of your reputation. You should care about how your reputation appears online and a lot of the clients that we get uh, have awesome reputations in real life you would pick them if you took the time to get to know them but online people don't do that and so step one is they go online to check you out step two is they don't go to pass page one on google or on bing or any of the other ones if you're not there the odds that you get chosen online are very very slim and it's true even for patients who get recommended by friends and family or others I don't know what the stat is I don't see good numbers on it but plenty of those people who are referred to you Dr. X are still gonna go online and check you out anyway and they may choose you because of the strength of the recommendation but they may not and why why take that chance you know I just frame it as reputation if this is an important part of your reputation just like anything else is why wouldn't you want it to be the best that it can be
0: Okay, so playing along now. Um, now I'm two or three drinks into the cocktail party, Carl. Right. <laughs> so now I ask you. <laughs> I'm trying to be less, so I can maintain the conversation. <laughs> so I say, I say to you, listen. I I ask my patients to give me a great review on vitals or on health grades. Those are, I think it's health grades, right? Those are those are websites, mm-hmm. and I, the only reason I know them is because my kids are now uh, 10 and 13. But when we were when we were you know in the process of uh, when my wife got pregnant and stuff, we were looking for uh, for a, a, you know an obstetrician, and we we looked at that stuff, mm-hmm. and it was really important to us for that purpose that we picked somebody who had good ratings. So, look, Carl, I'm on. I, I'm great on vitals. My health grades are my health grade is great, and I tell my patients to go on there all the time. I ask them to to rate me. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, why why else do I why why else what else do I need to do?
1: So. It's a two-part answer to that. Part one is the other audience to care about is Google. And some of what Google, what people like, Google also likes. So Google likes reviews too. It reads them slightly differently, but it really likes them. So you can check both boxes. There's a world of technical stuff that Google sees that people don't see. But the other audience to care about for your reputation is Google. Um, What I will often say to what I'm confronted with that kind of statement is, you know what you you might be just fine. You really might be and and what I say to them is if you are happy with the with the patient volume you're getting and you're confident enough and for you whatever that means Dr. X that you think that flow is going to continue you nailed it. Whatever it is you're doing, just keep doing it and try to keep your finger on the pulse of what's new. People talk to me or people like me because they feel like something's missing or something's off or something's nagging them. And that could be anything from, it just seems like all my competitors around are ranking higher or getting more. Or another one is, you know, we just got a really bad review last week and we don't know what to do about it. Can you help us? There's some specific need that's either really well articulated or really not. And that's a good time to talk to me. But I've, I've, for example, you know, you and I both work in the referral, you know, we we get clients through referrals. And I I will, somebody says to me, you know, there's somebody I think that you should talk to. And I say, first, send me their name. Let me check them out and see if I can find anything that's actually legitimately even worth either's time. And sometimes I'll come back and say, you know, I saw something. Uh, Maybe they should have a look at that and we can talk about that. But other times I will say to them, from everything I can see, they look pretty good. I mean, if something's on their mind, I'm happy to talk, but I can't find anything that would say to me, man, it's just, you know, like there's something legit to talk about. I can't find it. I don't see everything from the outside looking in, but from what I can see, yeah, they look pretty good. So then there's just nothing to talk about. That's fine.
0: Okay, so we're, we're, we're do- I'm done with my role play now. I, now uh, let's <laughs> talk about some of, the, some of the cool things that I see physicians doing, and I want to get your opinion on these. Um, some, some years ago, and I, I, there's no, there's no uh, harm in me expressing a little vulnerability, I guess. Some years ago, I had, a, I had an abnormal result from a, from a, a PSA test. And for those of you who are who don't know, PSA is uh, it's an indicator, probably not a very good indicator, but it's an indicator of uh, some sort of abnormality with your prostate. Obviously, it only happens to men, and so I freaked out a little bit. This, this has got to be going on like seven or eight years ago. I, I freaked out a little bit, and I had never um, I had never gone to see a urologist. I didn't have a urologist, and my uh, my primary care physician. although I love my primary care physician and I've been with him for a long time, he's part of a medical group that I don't love. So his recommendation was not going to be acceptable to me. So I went online and did a search and I'm curious to hear what you think of this methodology. So I checked health grades, I checked vitals, I checked all those sites, but what really grabbed me about the person that I chose was that this doctor had um, videos and the videos were of him with, at the time, what was like cutting edge cyber knife surgery. And he was walking the viewer through step-by-step the, he did like a pre-op and then like video in the operating room and then a post-op. And then he had videos of him taking questions. And it was really impressive, like the 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 videos, the quality, and the 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 level of intelligence that he brought to the conversation while keeping it in the language of the layman was impressive to me. And as soon as I, and I went to see him, and you know he's still my urologist today. Knock on wood, I don't go see him that often, but he's still my urologist today. And the first thing I told him was, "Doc, your videos are what closed the deal for me." And he was fascinated. He was like, you know, I did those because I have a friend who does them. And, you know, he thought that was a good idea. I didn't realize it was going to actually help me get patients. Carl, is video a big thing with docs now? Should all docs be doing video?
1: I think more should. Uh, What really, what I like about what that doctor did is step back from the medium of a video for a second. That doctor helped you get to know, like, and trust that doctor in a way that you know the printed word just can't do, and the website's filled with printed words and pictures and all that's fine. But you get to hear his voice, you get to hear his tone. Is he talking above you or with you? And on and on and on. And I don't know how long the, the sum total of these videos were. Maybe they were say five to fifteen minutes. But that's that's the goal of those, whether he realized it or not. And so you got a really really good feel. Pair that with wow, the, you know the reviews look great and. he's been doing it for 10 or 15 years or whatever, and it all adds up to, I really think I would have a good experience with this person. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Some doctors do it, more don't. And it's uh, either it's a combination of, you know, they're not sure they need it, or, you know, people solve problems when they feel acute enough. So I don't really have a problem. Um, Or they seem too expensive. They don't have, you know, or just not worth the investment, whatever is presented to them. But the common theme there across anything else is what's going to help this patient get to know, like, and trust you a little bit. I'll give you a very simple example. There's a really piece of valuable online real estate called a Google business profile for a local practice, and not just medical or dental, but anything. Fill it up with pictures. People like pictures. When we take on a client, I just do like a little tour. We take pictures of the outside, the parking lot, the inside, the lobby, so that they can... It feels more familiar. You know, when they walk in, oh, yes, it's that's exactly what i recognize. These kinds of things help and it's all in the same vein of no like and trust.
0: All right, so let's say now I'm a doc and we're and we're meeting for the first time and I'm I'm into what you do, right? Cuz that's uh, for you and i 80% of the battle is finding somebody who's engaged and interested in engaging their clients uh, in a in a way that will help us Identify the right client. Make sure that they're ready, willing, and able to use our services. So they're ready, willing, and able. And you walk in the door, and we decide we're going to work together. Give me, give me the workflow from the time we start. I'm a physician now. From the time we start working together, um, you know, what is the what does an engagement look like?
1: So before we start working together, I have this pretty large battery of questions that I've got to ask them because I don't know what what they need yet. You know, when when a patient sits in with a doctor for the first time, they don't just whip out the prescription pad, they've got to go through an assessment and then a a diagnosis, Uh, I do the same thing. But assuming that we've gone through that, what they're gonna get is a marketing plan built for them. Uh, I have some clients whose marketing plans are very small, others who are quite large. It really depends on how much growth they need, the size of the problem that they have to solve. And then once that plan is picked, Um, and they say, yes, I want to do this. It's all very transparent in terms of how, you know, we're going to work together over time. One thing that's very important to us is that we work together over time. So it's sort of a retainer relationship. But the reason that's not me being greedy, that's because I know that for marketing to work, you have to do it consistently over time. It takes traction and traction takes time and consistency. And so we're going to work together over time. Uh, I happen to have a 30 day out clause. I'm not a hostage taker. And even though I'll say, Hey, Dr. Dave, I'd like to work with you for a year. And I'd like you to sign up for that. There's always that out clause. And that's what will always take precedence. I want us to work together because it's working and we like each other, not for any other reason. Once. And so here's the plan. And then I have a religious devotion to execution and consistency and getting it done. So everything on that plan gets done. I let them know, today I'm going to send an email to a new client. Here's We're getting started. Here's what I need from you to get started. Here's what it's going to look like over time. Let's figure out how best to make this work. Because I'd rather, like I said before, it's all about consistency. And so let's figure out how to make it consistent um, over time. And then measure everything we're doing. We, we talk every month here's how the month went, anything we need to tweak, any new priorities, and then off we go to the next month. And so far, you know, that, that's, that's the model. And so if they agree to all those things, then, and, and they can stop at any time they want, then off we go.
0: What is uh, what is a good practice area for you, and what is a practice area that probably doesn't make a lot of sense, or you know, not maybe not a practice area, but uh, you know, a medical specialty that doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: So it's not so much specialty based. Uh, the ones that I stay away from are practices that are integrated with a hospital or a health system, um, mainly because they have to do what the hospital or the health system says, and they don't have the freedom to work with somebody like me. Um, Other than that, I have yet to say no to a particular specialty. I don't specialize in any particular specialty. I've got competitors who do, for example, in the dental world, there are a number of dental only marketing agencies. And I just, I want more variety than that. Sometimes the best idea for an OBGYN comes from somewhere else. And why limit myself to such a narrow focus? But that's what other people want to do. so no hospitals, no health systems. I can work with franchisees. It's difficult because they've got their own playbook and they ought to run it. You know, I mean, that's why you join a franchise. They give you this playbook and these resources. So the only other one that um, really is difficult is if they just started out, they don't have patients. And I've been, I meet these from time to time, just brand new startups. Um, they really need to worry about getting some patients and making rent. You know, for them, it's more marketing's more about their effort. There's a marketing budget, right? It's time and money. And so if you're low on one you've got to compensate with the other. A startup doesn't really have much money or some startups don't. Fine, no judgments. You just got to really up your hustle game until you can, you know, catch up on the patient
0: side. So in professional services marketing, so for for the for the work that I do if I'm working with a CPA or an attorney, engineer, consultant, I can look at them and I can go, all right, here's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to do this work and by three months we should be breaking even. And by six months you'll, you know, you'll be, you'll be at two or three X. And then by 12 months, our hope is that you're at seven, eight, nine, ten 10 X of your investment. Does it work the same way with docs? Like how does it work with insurance? There's a, there's a lag in the insurance and, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that cosmetic surgeons, because there's so much more uh, cash, they might be perhaps better clients for you because they're more excited about getting the cash in the door today. How does it work with, with the insurance component added in?
1: So for me, uh, when I talk with the prospective medical practice, pick, pick a medical, you know, a medical practice, for example, I don't talk in of ROI like that. Um, and the insurance, that's just a time lag, right? So I don't, uh, i in fact, I don't make a guarantee about uh, you know, time or mm-hmm. return. What I do say is you're gonna get a system that's designed to work. If you're anything like all my other clients, the ROI is anywhere from three or four to one up to nine or 10, maybe more, it just depends. Uh, and the reason that I don't make a promise about whether it's time bound or not, that I don't make a promise is because the truth is, I say to them, you know, I can't guarantee the behavior of others. What I can tell you right now, Doctor X, is that when I look at you online, uh, I would keep looking if I was looking for what you do. We're going to fix that. And if you're like everybody else, then they sh- more should call you. But I can't compel them to do that just because you're easier to find. Think about you know, you walk through a mall, right? You walk through a great you. You walk by a store, who is in the highest foot traffic area of the mall doesn't mean that everybody who walks by is going to walk in. We can't compel that. What I can tell you right now is that you're in the basement of the mall and nobody can find you. And those that do keep walking because not because they got lost, but because they don't like what they see. And so, but it's more than like window dressing. It's really an authentic, let's get your reputation that you have in real life, which is stellar. Uh, Let's get that matching, that stellarness, that authenticity, that easy to choose and stay with going online. It's a lot of online. I've really focused online. Uh, There's offline stuff that can be done as well. But nevertheless, the common theme is people don't like what they Mm -hmm. see. And people are trying to choose a lifelong relationship. I mean, you don't want to pick any other uh, urologist, do you? You want to stick with that one should you ever need that person again. You don't want to start that over. So it's an important choice. People put some time into it. Make it easy for them to choose you.
0: There's about 30 different things I could say there that are completely inappropriate. So I will <laughs> picking a lifelong <laughs> urologist, but we're going to let that go. Well, you know, you're going to let yeah. that go for now, Carl. <laughs> and we'll save that for the cocktail party. Now, I'm going to ask you this question. You I want go. you to take a minute and think about it. I want to talk uh, about referral activation campaigns with doctors because if doctors are anything like other professionals they're not getting the referrals they deserve and you have to have some ideas about how we can stimulate referrals for all all types of healthcare related businesses physicians everybody in in healthcare. So I want you to give us some referral activation strategies, but I want you to do it in just one minute. I need to remind the folks who are listening, the folks who are watching that we're brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors for over 35 years. Sandrowski has provided expert client service to people all over the United States. Sandrowski is great at tax planning and consulting. They're great at family office advisory. They handle disputes if there's a financial dispute and there's litigation involved. The best thing to do if you're a lawyer and you're handling a financial dispute is bring Sandrowski into the mix because they will not only help you make sense of the numbers, they can then testify because they've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. They're fantastic at this. They've written several books on private equity, on uh, family office organization, on risk management, and on security issues related to your financials. If you need help with anything related to the accounting in your business, I strongly recommend you call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Those are my friends at Sandrowski Corporate Advisors. This is particularly valuable, by the way, if you're in the medical field and perhaps you're thinking of selling your practice someday. You need to call Sandrowski about four or five years before, in fact, five years before you're thinking of selling. And why do I say five years? Well, if you're going to get a windfall from selling your practice, and I know that's what you hope happens, you get a windfall, you want to try to mitigate some of that tax exposure. And Sandrowski has specific strategies for you, those of you who are in the healthcare industry, that you can use to mitigate those tax strategies when you go to sell your practice. So reach out to Sandrowski today, 866-717-1607, 717 1607 Sandrowski Corporate Advisors, they're a CPA firm with a different perspective. We're also brought to you by My Revenue Roadmap Guide. So you're listening to this and you're getting great marketing advice from Carl White today. I want you to take home a step-by-step guide for business development for your professional practice. Look, I know you're a consultant, you're a lawyer, you're a CPA, an engineer. You didn't go to school to become a salesperson, but that doesn't mean that business development isn't one of the most important things you can focus on. So go to revenueroadmapguide.com revenueroadmapguide.com. Enter your contact info there. You can download for free a business development plan that will help you increase your book of business, and that will give you freedom. You see, business development, if it's done correctly, is your ticket to freedom because your book of business becomes a, a collection of relationships that you can take with you wherever you go. I know you want to stay at your firm forever. God bless you. Stay there forever. But if you ever do want to move, you want those relationships to come with you, revenue revenueroadmapguide.com. That will help you get to the point where those relationships will be portable and they'll be able to go with you. It's my gift to you for watching us and for listening to us today. Carl White is my guest. He's an expert on marketing for anyone in the medical field, anyone who has a medical practice, anyone who wants to grow the number of patients they have or wants better patients or wants more referrals. You can reach out to Carl. You can call him at 847-802-8479, 847 802 Eighty-four seventy-nine. I'm going to put his email address in the show notes as well. There's also a link to his website. It's a great looking website, as you would expect, because that's kind of his business. Um, all right, Carl. I asked you a question uh, before uh, I started talking about uh, the folks who make the show possible. Let's talk about referrals, right? No, no professional gets enough referrals, and doctors are no different. So what do you do with doctors, with dental practices, I guess chiropractors, everybody? How do you help them get more referrals?
1: Well, it starts with, you know, if you go back to what I said earlier, make it super easy for somebody to get to know, like, and trust you. If we just back away from the online component for a second, that's true, I mean, that was true pre-internet, right? People people do business with those that they trust, especially if they're referring. So if I refer you to somebody else, a little bit of my reputations on the line as well. And so I want to make sure that whoever I'm referring you to is going to support my referral and not make me look bad. Um, so that those things have to be in place no matter what. I haven't had a client yet who where we have really talked about this, but I look at them and I go, oh my God, I would never refer you. And I just, to myself, like there's a real problem here. But let's assume for a second that those you know, that those boxes are checked. If we're talking about professional referrals, so let's say, you know, a dentist who refers to an orthodontist, just for an easy example, um, you've got to be, the first thing I would say to the orthodontist is be strategic in who you pick. Right, so don't pick easy example. Don't pick somebody 15 miles away. Um, necessarily start with those close to you. That's easy, but not everybody is necessarily a good referral. That's the easy part because most, for most specialties, they know who's, they know what other specialties are going to refer to them. The part that um, I think where many of them fall down is in two areas. First is you got to have something that's different and valuable about you, and both boxes have to be checked. If you're different but nobody cares, who cares? If you're valuable but everybody else is valuable in the same way, you're not different. So you gotta try to find something that's different and valuable about you. And then you've got to repeat it, just like you and I know that repetition. Somebody said to me once, the fortune's in the follow-up. And although it's painful sometimes to make an eighth call or go visit them again when you feel like you've been rejected the first seven times, it really is true. Most people give up after a while. So if you're one of the ones that doesn't, usually good things happen. And so that can back to consistency. Consistency is so important. From there you know large practices I've seen them they'll actually hire somebody who will do outreach. It's like the you know a, a field business development rep. it's really kind of a sales role is really what it is but field business development rep all the way down to I've got clients where um, they're just they're too small for that but we want to stay on the mind of referrals. And so I say look the, the out of sight out of mind force is very powerful we do um for them we do an email newsletter it's very straightforward you could do uh, emails great for this um every one of them rolled their eyes at email saying oh but i hate getting emails yeah me too but guess what not everybody does and we're not going to bury anybody alive with emails with your name on it it's going to be very authentic very appropriate and eventually they get through and so it's funny with the newsletter and i tell clients this too What I really want them to do is open it up and see our logo. And if they do nothing after that, then one of the two important boxes is checked. The other box is maybe they'll skim it for a little bit and and they'll form a positive impression, but we've just reminded them that you are here, you still exist, you're still good at what you're doing, you're still doing it, and that's another way to be consistent. So be different, be consistent, don't give up. Tick well.
0: I love it. I love. I love everything you said there. And I too, I'm a big advocate of an email newsletter. And here are a couple of things we found over the years. First of all, the person who says, "Hey, listen, I don't read those emails." The first thing I do after I pick them up off the floor, because I punch them squarely in the nose, is I say to them, "Listen, you're not your client, okay? Or you're not your right. referral source." And I teach my clients, and I'm sure because you're doing the content for your clients. I teach my clients to write good stuff, right? Make your content interesting. You know why content doesn't get read? Because it sucks. That's why it doesn't get read. So if your content is interesting, if it's engaging, if it captivates the reader, people are going to read it. I can't tell you over the 15 years that I've been doing my weekly email newsletter how many times people have told me I don't read those things except for yours. And that's all we're looking for. And... You know,
1: that's even well
0: better. <laughs> you know, candidly, the person who says, Hey, I don't read those things, that's a person who is never gonna be your client anyway. Over the years we found too, Carl, that people were complaining, oh, you know, deliverability email open rates are low. I just had an epiphany like in, in the last six months, and we could probably do a whole show on this. I found the reason why open rates are so low, and it was a combination of continuing to send the email to people who didn't open it and also, you know, junking it up with links and all kinds of graphics and everything. So what we did, and this is, uh, you know, again, we could do a whole show on this, is we cut out all the graphics, we cut out all the links, we just put in hardcore, hit you in the mouth, educational content every single week. And people who didn't open an email in the last 90 days we took them off the list and what that does is the the services that you know basically clean your inbox now they can tell if your if your email is being opened and the services that send the email can tell obviously if your email is being opened and they're going to throttle back the emails that get through if your email isn't opened by a lot of people our open rates and I'm not kidding you have gone from 11% when we were on one particular email service, we completely switched services. We segmented our list by people who actually opened it, and we made the content specific to different types of people. So CPA-specific content, lawyer-specific content, you know, engineer-specific content, and our open rates have gone from 11% to north of 50% now. For, for each of our, some of our lists have a, an open rate that's uh, like the, the top one was like 68%. So email works, I can't stress enough. Email absolutely works. And for physicians, email will work Direct mail will work because they're not going to work from home. A physician cannot work from home. So if you want to send something to the office, someone at the office will receive it and if it requires the doc or the office manager's attention, it will get to the doc or the office manager. So I love I love your methodology. I'm I'm a big proponent of that in all businesses, and if it's working in medical, it will work. If you're listening, if this stuff is working in medical, it's going to work for a landscaper. If it's working in medical, it's going to work for a lawyer. If it's working in medical, it's going to work for a consultant. Believe me, if Carl can get this stuff to work for people who don't even have the time to look up from what they're doing, it will work for you where your clients are, you know, they have more time to spend engaging with your marketing content. All right, Carl. Well, and just
1: to add, just to add some to that, you know, something that I see you have to make it about your reader, right, which is such a vague statement. So what I mean by that is, talk about things that as far as you can tell are important to them and are going to help them solve a problem you think they may have, or at least make their lives better in a a little way. Uh, I've seen some where it's all about the owner, the the business owner, whoever's sending it out, look at me, I just did this, I just that. I don't even read those. Like I don't, you know, no offense. When somebody meets you for the first time and you're trying to sell them something, they don't care about you yet. They care about their problem and themselves. And it's so some of the reasons that, you know, you people roll their eyes at all these emails, whatever they are, is at least one of those reasons is the email is not talking about the person who just opened it. It's talking about the person who sent it. Nobody cares about them. You got to talk to the people that you're trying to convince. Yeah,
0: you know, and to to that point, the doc we were talking about earlier with the um, with the prostate issue with the videos, he made videos based on the questions his patients asked him. So when a when a patient would Perfect. come in for a consult, the patient would ask fifteen questions. The doc would have a nurse in the room with him writing down not what the you know the patient's information, writing down the questions the patient asked. Because then the doc would, at the end of the week, make videos based on all the new questions he got. And when I said to him, that's fantastic, you know, that's what we teach our clients to do. How did you come up with that on your own? He said, you know, I have to tell you that when it comes to medical information, you find on Google exactly what you're looking for. So if you type in, am I going to die from prostate cancer? you're going to find articles about death from prostate cancer, he said. And I wanted to be able to put something on there that gave people good information versus something that was going to scare the hell out of them. So I Mm -hmm. put my videos, my titles for my videos, and this works for articles, it works for anything that you're going to post. The titles for my videos were based on the way the clients asked me, the way the patients asked me the questions, he said. And that, to me, is how i could add value because people were googling that that information they were looking for that information in that way And, you know, if I put in there, you know, CyberKnife surgery, uh, what you need to know, but nobody comes in and goes, Doc, CyberKnife surgery, what do I need to know? He's like, nobody's gonna find it. He said, uh, you know, am I going to, you know, the question is, am I going to still be able to perform in the same way after CyberKnife surgery? He's like, that's why I made the video with that title, because that's the way people ask the questions. So a huge, huge, um, you know, learning experience there. Taking the content, you know, Law & Order used to have the expression ripped from the headlines. Well, your content needs to be ripped from your client's mouth. <laughs> That's the way you create content.
1: And, you know, there's another source, too, we call it. So there's FAQs. Everybody knows what they are frequently asked. I I, uh, I also ask them, what are the SAQs? What are the questions that your patients should, mm. the S, should be asking you, but just have no idea, don't know, um, that you think they ought to? And let's answer those as well. Those usually are... Are found to be very helpful
0: so Carl talk to me about um, your your differentiating factor the differentiating factor for uh, for your company you know what makes you what makes you different what makes you better than other people who who work in your space
1: so for me I, I I tell myself and you know I'd like to think it's a combination of a few things one is the healthcare focus so well over 90% of our clients are Independently owned private practices. The only examples are a couple of friends who ask for like really small things, and they're the only types of clients that we target. So we get to know them really well. Um, that's that's one part. Another part is I license into an organization called Duct Tape Marketing. Duct Tape, like what we mm-hmm. really you know, very and the analogy is very nice. Uh, it's very affordable. It's very practical but when used properly, it's very strong and it's very lasting in what it does. The reason that I joined is when I was making the transition from large corporate America marketing to small business marketing. It's a 180 turn. Like I've never experienced, a you know, sort of the opposite effect that I did when I made that transition. And Duct Tape's been around for a couple of decades. They zero in on small business marketing, lots of tools and programs to help people like me get started and expand. And so I've got all that you know, and 150 other consultants, we help each other out. So between the consultants, the tools, the reputation of duct tape marketing, I really feel and they've, they've made the difference. I, I we, we have these conferences every year. And I always stand up and say, Look, to all the new people out there, the more I do what duct tape marketing tells me to do, it's kind of funny, but I, you know, it's half serious too. the better off I find that I am and five years in, I've obviously got my feet under me, but certainly when I was starting, and there's a lot more than meets the eye another thing for us is they we we are hipaa compliant so we are a hipaa compliant healthcare marketing agency um all but one of my clients realize none of my clients except for one realize that hipaa and marketing can overlap and they do and when they do um, you have to put a hipaa compliant relationship in place otherwise you are you know running afoul of hipaa which may or may not hurt you down the road but why would you want to take that chance so we have all the legal agreements we use only hipaa compliant tools and subcontractors we've got policies and procedures etc etc i'm not aware of anybody else who will work with clients our size who can say that the large ones do but then the other thing to know is that um, on the legal side of hipaa agreements they're called business associate agreements you know you can tilt the risk whichever way you want you can tilt it towards yourself or towards the other side and anybody's going to try to tilt it away from them we don't we do that a little bit less um, mainly because my clients don't have the legal agreements that they're supposed to. And so I had them written up as if they were written by them, handing them to me. And so um, when you put those three things together, we also have a lot of good customer reviews ourselves, kind of try to eat our own cooking when it comes to reputation. So those few things that, you know, the certification with duct tape, the extensive experience all the way back to when I was six, um, the focus, the reviews, HIPAA, I'd like to think that's a pretty rare combo when it comes to the clients that we like to serve and we we know that we can
0: help. That's great. No, fantastic differentiators. Thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. All right, Carl. So I'm going to ask you now to give us three things we should take away from our time together today. Three big things that people should remember about our interview. So I'm going to give you a minute to think about that. And once again, I'm going to remind the folks who are with us today that we are brought to you by Sandrowski Corporate Advisors for over 35 years. Sandrowski has been helping people make sense of their numbers. Let's talk now about forensic accounting. So you are perhaps you're a family law attorney and you're going through a divorce and you think the spouse on the other side is hiding some assets. I know this never happens, right? Well, you want to reach out to Sandrowski because they can look at the lifestyle of the people involved. They can look at the financials that have been shared and they can tell you if something's fishy or if it's not. Now, let's say you're involved in a business divorce. There's two partners and the partnership is breaking up and it gets a little thorny. And the partner who is managing the financials, the partner who is handling the books, perhaps isn't being as forthcoming as he or she should be. Or you think they're not being as forthcoming as they should be. Well, once again, you can bring in Sandrowski, they can dig into the numbers, they can look at the books, and they can tell you whether things are on the up and up or not. Now, one of the best things about Sandrowski and using them to dig into your numbers is they have experience working in just about every industry. So they can look at the numbers and tell you, well, based on comparable businesses in your industry at this size, with this amount of revenue, here's what we would normally like to see. And these numbers seem off a little bit. We need to do a little bit more digging. That level of experience is a real differentiating factor for Sandrowski. That's what makes them a CPA firm with a different perspective. If you need help with any of these things or with high net worth individuals, with family office planning, or with tax planning for you or your business, I want you to call 866-717-1607, 866-717-1607. Sandrowski will get you all straightened out. Also, get your Revenue Roadmap Guide. Go to the website, revenueroadmapguide.com. That's your business development plan. It's my gift to you for watching and listening to us today. My guest today is Carl White. You can reach him at 847-802-8479, 847-802-8479. His email address, his website, it's all in the show notes. He'll help you with your marketing. If you're in the medical field, he'll get you better patients. He'll get you more patients. He'll get you more referrals. Why not give him a call? give it a shot. It doesn't cost anything to reach out to him and have a conversation. If you're doing fine, he's going to tell you, "Hey, you're doing fine, you don't need me." He's that kind of guy. All right, Carl. So, give us the three things we should take away from our conversation today.
1: Sure. So, when it comes to marketing in healthcare, first, it's about your patient. It's not it's not about you, especially at a first impression. I see a lot of, like take a website, for example, you know, page one, the first thing you see is something about the practice. We're awesome at this. We have tons of experience and I think it's well-meaning. You're trying to give people comfort, but it's not what they want to see first. They want to see something that reflects you get a problem that they may be having. So, and it's not an obvious thing to figure out. Give it time, play around with it. Better to get quality versus speed. That's one thing. Second thing is that, we talked about this with email, you're not your target patient, you're not. Um, you you work with a lot of them, but you're not. So really try to put yourself in their shoes. One thing that we'll do with with certain clients, depending on the the nature of what we need to get done, is I'll interview a handful of them. And I've got a, a few questions that I ask them. And inevitably, one of them will say something. It's like, there's the gold. Why did you choose this doc, this practice, and why do you stay with them? And they say it in a way and with words and something that nobody ever thought of. And the moment you hear it you say i'll bet you that's why a lot of others do too and there's the stuff to be you know about your patient and to put yourself in the patient's shoes and then the last thing is consistency we talked about this marketing is about getting somebody to do something that you want which is choose you call you up and choose you and make an appointment when it's done well in healthcare it's very authentic it's very above board i know marketing has you know not always the greatest reputation but in healthcare, you've got to stay there. I, no matter who we would market for, that's how we would do it, but in healthcare, certainly so. But it's it's not enough to say it once or twice. You've got to say it over and over and over again. And you can never stop in the moment. I said this to a client once. There's going to come a point where you're going to be absolutely bored to tears in saying what you say. Just remember that the person that you're saying to has never heard it before and they need to hear it from you like it's their first time because it is. So that kind of consistency is really gets you the traction that you need to really get people to notice you, uh, to keep noticing you and to send your name to others.
0: That's great. Those three tips are gold. That's money in the bank. Carl, thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here and sharing your knowledge with us today. It was fantastic. Thank you. This is great. I really enjoyed it. Our guest today was Carl White and you can reach out to him for help with your healthcare marketing. That's right. If you're a doc, you need Carl. If you're a Cairo, you need Carl. If you're a dentist, you need Carl. If you work in the healthcare industry, give Carl a call. 847-802-8479. 847-802-8479. I'm going to include his information down in the show notes. My name is Dave Lorenzo. This is the Inside BS Show, and we're here every day with a great new show for you. We'll be right back here again tomorrow. Until then, here's hoping you make a great living and live a great life.